monthly donors and monthly recurring revenue, we all want more of it. So today, we're going to hear how Greenpeace Canada uses a simple email strategy to grow monthly giving. And the good news is, you can do this too. We'll get into that right now. You're listening to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast, where we give smart fundraisers like you the practical guidance to grow your revenue, grow your nonprofit, and grow your impact so you can raise more money for more donors and do more good. Now, here's your host, Mike Dirksen. Hello, builders of good. Thank you for tuning in to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast. Fundraising isn't easy, but it should be simple. So on this show, we take the mystery out of raising money. Now, for the last four years, Greenpeace Canada has run monthly donor acquisition campaigns. But during the last two years, they've really focused on using open and honest emails as a core strategy to ask the people on their email list to consider becoming a monthly donor. And in that time, they've grown their program by well over 330%, which is amazing. And to tell us exactly how they did it, Today, we're talking to Miriam Wilson, who leads digital fundraising and donor engagement at Greenpeace Canada. Now, this is a super practical conversation with Miriam, and I hope you are encouraged by the fact that this is a low-cost strategy you can implement as well, and it's a low-cost strategy you can implement today if you want to. So let's just get right into it. Here's my conversation with Miriam Wilson. Miriam, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You lead digital fundraising at Greenpeace Canada. And one of the things many of our listeners are really interested in is acquiring new monthly donors. And you've been super successful using email to convert monthly donors. In fact, you've improved Greenpeace Canada's monthly giving campaign results by well over 350% in the last three years using email. I want to get into that as a bit of a case study. I want to know how you did it. But before we get into your tactics, let's talk channel a little bit. Generally speaking, uh, for you guys, how do you find that email conversions compare to other channels like direct mail or face-to-face or events? Yeah, so it's it's a bit tricky to compare, right, uh, across mm. channels, because sometimes it can be c- like comparing apples to oranges. But I can definitely tell you um, a few steps for our email program. So generally, we would see around a 0.1% conversion rate. Uh, that's the number of donations as a percentage of the number of people we email, so the sent number, for a one-time donation. Um, that's kind of like, you know, sometimes it'll be higher, sometimes it'll be a lot lower. Um, but that's kind of the average with monthly giving. Um, we see a lower conversion rate by email. We see more like 0.03% converting by email, but for some, you know, of the best emails that could be like up to 0.05%. Um, so that's kind of the baseline for email. Gotcha. Um, it's definitely easier to convert someone to a one-time donation by email than it is to convert them to a monthly donation. And I think that that is part of the reason why mon- like asking for a monthly donation via email is less common. Uh, you don't see mm-hmm. it as much. 
But what you realize when you start doing it is the long-term value of acquiring a monthly donor, even if it's three times less likely than a one-time donor, uh, the long-term value is so much greater that it's well worth doing. In terms of how that compares to other channels, um, where to begin (laughs) Uh, with phone, I mean, that also just to say that conversion rate is is to the whole list. So that's not kind of broken down by whether they're a one-time donor, a previous one-time donor or not. Um, for those people, the conversion rate. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's just to a, a mainly prospect list r- around 350,000 people. So this will vary greatly depending on your email list size. For example, I also work with as a freelancer, I've worked with a very small charity in the UK with an email list of like 2,000 people. And mm-hmm. you would think it's not even worth asking them, you know, because th- at that percentage conversion rate, you're just not going to get anyone. But with those smaller lists, they're much more engaged. They're much closer to the charity and more right. likely more likely to give. So... Again, conversion rate really depends on on the type of list, uh, the yeah. the relationship that your list has to the charity, how strongly they affiliate, and that influences how likely they are to join as a monthly donor. So your top of funnel is three hundred and fifty thousand email addresses. There's a lot of listeners listening right now who that seems that seems like a huge number. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how do you get those three hundred and fifty thousand email addresses, many of which are prospects they have not given yet. How are you getting those people um, to give you their email address? Are you acquiring them through sort of an online ad strategy? Is it petitions? Is it different efforts you're running around like people signing something online or getting something in return what does that look like yeah greenpeace uh, is in the you know a strong position that the work that we do the program that we run is is advocacy and that has perfectly with um lead generation and fundraising the majority of the people on our list have come through signing a Greenpeace petition on an issue that they care about. And then, you know, they stay on our list. We provide other ways for them to take action, to volunteer, um, to fundraise or donate. So that's predominantly where people are coming from. We also have forms on our website where people can sign up to the mailing list yeah, I'd say those are the those are the primary, you know, the most significant uh, ways that people are joining are through are through petitions. But again, right. uh, in contrast, I've worked also with very small charities and nonprofits where it might be more through events, online events that people would sign up to attend and choose to stay opted into the email list. There are so many different ways that you can grow grow an email list. It's a whole other conversation, but um, absolutely it speaks to the fact that that you already talked about that you may have a smaller list, but the intent and the affiliation those folks may, might be a lot higher than somebody who signed an online petition. Absolutely, um, might might be, but that's probably a fair assumption. If they've come to an event, they may be a little bit more connected to you already than if they signed a, a petition that took a few seconds online, right? Exactly. So. You've got 350,000 email addresses at the top of the funnel. How many times per year or, or per month or what's your frequency of actually running an email campaign 
that's specifically focused on monthly giving conversion. Do, do you have set times a year that you do this or is that just an ongoing business process for you? Yeah, it's actually a really interesting question because we started uh, doing a monthly giving month push in, I believe it was 2018. And this was the first time we'd ever really considered trying to acquire monthly donors online via email. Until then, we had uh, an online kind of an email fundraising program, but it was 100% focused on one-time giving. And we said, you know, why not try, try, for, just give it one month, make, set a goal, see how many monthly donors we can acquire. We did this in May, I, I believe. The first year, I think we set a goal of, I think it was 250. I've written this down. <laughs> I should check. Um, yeah, the first year that we did this, our goal was 250 monthly donors. And we had a, a deadline to do that. And it went really well. And we hit that goal. And I believe we might have even exceeded it in the first year and realized that, okay, we're, we're onto something. And so the right. next year, instead of doing that campaign in May, we moved it up to February because with monthly donors, the sooner in the year you acquire them, uh, the more they'll give throughout the year and the more revenue uh, you'll generate. So it makes sense to do this campaign at the beginning of the year. Another reason it makes sense to do at the beginning of the year is if you've just run a big end of year fundraising campaign, which Greenpeace Canada does every December, then you have a whole bunch of new one-time donors who have just given to you very recently. And a lot of people would say, or, you know, instinctively think they've just given to us never talk to them again, you know, make sure that they, you know, we, we don't want to bother them. We don't want to inconvenience them. We want them to still like us. So let's just send them stories of that impact and, and never ask them for money again, at least for a little while. We don't do that. <laughs> we actually realize that those people who gave at the end of the year, they're the most likely segment to convert. Those recent one-time donors uh, the conversion rate for, for that segment is the highest of any other segment. They're the most likely to give. And so timing the monthly giving push right after the one-time uh, one push for year-end is actually perfect timing. So what we do now is we'll come back from the holiday break, uh, <laughs> try to recuperate a little bit from year-end, start those email pushes at the end of January and through into the end of February. So that was what we were doing up until last year, and it was working really well. And we actually increased that goal year over year to the point that last year the goal was 1,010 monthly donors for the first um, first two months of the year. And then we started thinking about strategy more broadly, and does it make sense to continue doing so much intense work to acquire one-time donors whose likelihood to give again is is quite low. Uh, at least for Greenpeace Canada, we're seeing the retention rate for one-time donors. Um, you know, we're losing up to like 80% of them. Uh, they're not going to give again. So we're putting so much energy and resource into trying to get people to give a one-time donation. What if we just ask for m- monthly donations for most of the year? 
And so we projected out and realized that long term, that would generate more revenue for the organization and it would be more steady, predictable, um, reliable fundraising. So now we, we experimented with that in 2021. We did three months where we, in, over the summer, asked for monthly donations instead of one-time donations. We were doing that three times a month, so three email campaigns per month, and it, it worked. Um, it started out strong, and the numbers went down slightly month over month. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing for us to see over the course of this year ahead as we do the for the first time asking predominantly for monthly donations instead of one time, how sustainable that is over a period of nine months, uh, which is what we plan to do. But yeah, it's interesting. It's um, yeah, it's an interesting question uh, to, to look at. Yeah, b- both of those data points you cited are uh, very much in line with a lot of the data files we've seen. That one is that if a first-time donor if you are able to lead them toward making a second gift within the first two months, they are that much more likely um, to to stay and and become a donor. And also, that first time donor retention is is way below twenty percent. Um, so, so that completely tracks with our experience. The thing that I'm interested in is that you get a prospect who signed a petition about an issue they care about. Their first ask, monetary ask, is to become a monthly donor. Is that correct? That depends, actually. That depends. I guess until until recently, yes. Uh, until recently, it would have been a one-time donation. Now, as we're experimenting with this new strategy, I think you're right. It probably would be a, one, a monthly donation. Um, so it's an interesting question of whether strategically it might make sense to ask prospects for a one-time donation and then go in with a monthly ask. Um, It's worth noting, actually, though, one thing I didn't mention is that another test that we ran when we started thinking about moving the program to a predominantly monthly ask was we did a head-to-head test of what if we just asked for a monthly donation versus we asked for a monthly donation or a one-time donation if they're not ready to become monthly. And you know, that kind of goes against best practice for email marketing. Like I, you know, always say there should be one ask in the email and, you know, no more than that. But really what we were trying to position this as was do this or this, you know, it's kind of like a, it's still the same. They're still, they're just two options of ways to contribute that we're providing. Right. So it is kind same of Same offer, two different ways of getting there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of, we would frame it as, you know, if you're not ready to join or, you know, if now's not a good time, right. um, you know, consider making a, a one-time donation instead. So the result was, uh, as expected, fewer people joined as a monthly donor uh, when we gave them the option to give a one-time donation instead. However, when we, again, projected out the long-term revenue of this combined monthly with backup one-time ask, uh, the the combined ask over the long-term performed better, generated more long-term revenue. And right. since we're thinking about doing this, you know, over the course of a whole year or, you know, nine months, that seems to make sense for us to do a kind of either or. 
but it's definitely something to experiment with. It's definitely something to test. Each list will be different. And I think that question about, you know, asking a prospect to straight up just become a monthly donor, um, it's something that we could test into deeper, you know, uh, how that prospect file behaves in particular. But what we're doing at the start of the year, though, is because we really have this very high goal to acquire a thousand monthly donors. Uh, we're only asking for a monthly donation for the months of January and February, um, and right. then and then we'll move to that hybrid ask for uh, March through to October. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, philosophically, I completely agree with your decision to ask for a monthly gift with a fallback of making a one-time gift. That just strikes me as a little bit more respectful, might be a a way of putting it. Um, But I also think my hypothesis would be that it might even increase your donor lifetime value because you are giving somebody autonomy to choose. And if monthly giving isn't what's what's right for them at the moment, they still feel in control. They still feel in the driver's seat because they have the option of just making a one-time gift without having to feel guilty about the fact that they're saying no to your ask to become a monthly donor. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it just makes sense, you know, given the conversion rates that I gave you at the top of the call, if one third of people um, will give a monthly donation compared to uh, one time, then why let, you know, that 70% of people who would give otherwise a one-time donation, why let them slip by, um, give them the option. And especially, you know, taking up space in the inbox is, um, you have to provide value. You have to, uh, be offering real tangible, important action that people can take and setting the bar really high with a monthly donation, uh, can be, you know, off-putting. And so, I also feel more comfortable giving people the two the two options. It feels less aggressive, shall we say, and you know, and still shows that there are there are more ways to support an organization than just, you know, this gold standard of a monthly donation. Yeah. I'm curious, how do you craft a monthly giving offer? How do you think about monthly giving? Do you have sort of a set offer of, you know, $15 is going to do this, $30 can do this, $60 can do that? Do you have sort of set price points um, with specific outcomes or or how do you craft the offer? How do you think about your monthly giving program? How's that structured? Yeah, I wish that we had a more easy way to convert our offer of, you know, donate this amount and this will happen. It's really difficult with an organization like Greenpeace where we're working on advocacy, campaigning, and it's, we're not, you know, providing wells or goats or, you know, there's not like a tangible uh, offer in the same way. Uh, In terms of that specific ask that you mentioned, we tested how much we should ask for uh, as the monthly donation amount. So we tested... For our English list and our French list, asking for, you know, kind of an extreme range. So we'd start with $5 versus 30 and see where things landed and then kind of lower it down until we got to realizing that our French list was more likely to give $5 and that the value uh, of more people giving at a lower amount added up to uh, the best result. Versus right. the English list, they will give a $15 donation at a higher rate. So even though fewer of them will give a $15 uh, than five, 
overall will raise more money by asking for 15. So that's how we ended up with our ask amounts. We don't, we actually don't ask for a range or say, you know, $5 will do this, $10 will do this. We just say, this is the amount to give. And we see that roughly speaking, our average gift will come out at $15 for English, you know, so people will give what we ask them to give generally. And in terms of crafting the ask, I really try and think of asking for a monthly donation. What I see is that it's very similar to asking for a one-time donation and all of the same principles apply. So our ask needs to grab people's attention. First of all, we need to provide a strong theory of change, why their donation now will help solve the problem. We need to provide a problem that needs to be solved with a donation as well. And uh, we also need to have relevancy. We need to have urgency. Why give now? Um, Why me? Why now? You know, we need to answer all of these questions in the email. And so that means that it was actually quite easy for us to transfer some of the kind of one-time type appeals that we would usually send and turn them into a monthly appeal. The key difference, though, uh, with a monthly appeal is you're asking someone to give over a long period of time. And so you need to provide a reason why they should give a monthly donation now instead of a one-time donation. For example, I'm just thinking of an example for an appeal that we're that we just sent out. It was about uh, our oceans campaign. There's a big UN meeting coming up uh, in a few weeks and we're building up momentum to get world leaders to commit to a global ocean treaty. And usually if I was crafting a one-time appeal, I would use the urgency of like, it's coming up. We need this final push. We need to, you know, get thousands more signatures and, you know, be there at the event and really like, you know, this is it, please donate now kind of thing. We can still use the urgency of that event for a monthly appeal, but we also need to talk about, well, what happens after that, that big summit? You know, we, it doesn't, the work doesn't end there. We need to keep up the pressure for the long term in order to make everything we've done up till now worth it. So that's where, you know, the story comes in about how monthly giving provides steady, stable, predictable funding for campaigns over the long term because we don't just win these campaigns overnight it takes sometimes years of you know often takes years of uh persistent public pressure to win a a campaign outcome so that's the narrative that needs to be brought into the appeals for monthly giving which is really crucial So you've optimized your ask amount based on net revenue in the long term. And for your French list, that was about $5. And for uh, the English speaking list, that was about $15. You specifically ask for five or 15. There's no range. So when they're getting the email, um, you're asking them, you know, you've donated to Greenpeace Canada last year. Thank you so much. So grateful for your support. I'm hoping that you're ready to sort of take the next step and it's a $15 um, per month donation that will not only do, you know, help us be at this upcoming summit um, to save our oceans, but um, you'll be alongside us every step of the way 
um, for years to come because this is long and grueling work and it takes years and years. And we need people like you by our side who are committed to it for the long term. Is, is that sort of the messaging that you're going with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good summary. Let's talk strategy and segmentation a little bit. Um, you've already touched on segmentation, that you've got prospects, um, which is a, a huge chunk of your list. But then you have also have some people who've already donated to you or who've been with you maybe for a long time or maybe who, who are lapsed donors or maybe who, who used to be monthly donors. So let's talk a little bit about what are the main segments that you think about when you go out and, and create this monthly giving conversion email? Yeah, with every email that we send, we break it down into five segments. And five is a number that I find is, you know, that's kind of the, the maximum for me. Maybe we could go up to seven, but in terms of crafting variable copy and setting up and sending those emails, it can get really complicated with more the more segments that you have. So I try and cap it at five. Uh, so the key the key segments that we identified, like you said, Uh, the prospect audience, which is the biggest audience, the least likely to give, but because there's so many of them, they're the most valuable segment because uh, the number of people will will add up to a lot of yeah. donations. The next uh, most important segment are the this year donors, so people who've given a donation in the last 12 months. Okay. And sometimes we'll break that out into recent donors, people who've given in the last month or three months uh, to recognize the fact, you know, if we go, if we are approaching them again, uh, like I said earlier, totally fine to approach them again, but make sure you acknowledge that they gave you, gave to you really, really recently and that you right. really appreciate that. And, you know, here's just one other option if you, if you want to uh, you take your to support to the next level, but we're so grateful for what you've given kind of thing. Um, this year donors, again, really valuable segment, the, the next most valuable segment because they are most likely to give of anyone to give again, but they require special treatment because they have given to you so recently. Right. The next uh, segment would be previous year donors. So people who gave to you in the previous 12 months from the last 12 months if that makes sense yep so 12 to 24 months yeah exactly 12 to yeah. 24 months yeah we also have a consecutive year donor so someone who gave to you in between 24 and 12 months ago but who also gave the year previous to that at okay. minimum and sometimes these people are given year over year over year over year right. so what you really want to get them to do is give again this year so they gave to you, they gave to you last year and the year before is probably right. the easiest way of describing it. And they're already more in the habit of giving to you frequently because exactly. they've done this at least two years in a row now. Yeah, exactly. So they're a really valuable segment. In some cases, you know, looking at the value, you might not even ask them for a monthly donation. They just, you just want to keep, get them to keep doing what they're doing. But on the other hand, if they're giving to you every year, uh, year after year, why not automate that giving and uh, turn it into a monthly donation and make it more secure and stable? Um, so that's another important segment. The other segment for monthly uh, asks that we use is lapsed monthly donors. So people who have given a monthly donation in the past, but have since canceled and we try and reactivate them. I think what I'm doing right now is just suppressing anyone who's given a monthly donation in the past six months Uh, but is lapsed because they might not be ready to join again, rejoin again so quickly. Yeah. 
Um, right. And then with one-time giving, that would be a lapsed one-time donor, someone who'd given more than 24 months ago, but hasn't given in the past 24. So those are the five segments. And that's as many as we do just to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. Let's run really quickly just through each segment and see what the variable messaging might look like. So a prospect has not made a donation before, but they have signed a petition. So they have raised their hand and they've said, I care about the ocean or I care about um, whales or I care whatever it is. They've identified an issue that they are passionate about and that was worthy enough for them to exchange their email, which is a valuable piece of information, um, and their name. So, you know, they're, they're certainly interested. Would your messaging be already treating them as part of the in-group and saying things like, you know, you're already part of this mission because you've already signed a petition. Why not consider this next step? Yeah, we we would use wording like, I know you care about these issues. You are, you've already shown your support by signing this petition or sharing it on social media. Please take the next step in supporting this work by joining as a monthly donor. And I do try to use the word join. We want to make them feel like they're part of, you know, they are part of Greenpeace. We couldn't do the work that we do without those people signing petitions. But at the same time, the idea of joining something, being part of something in a deeper way, I think is still important when, uh, you know, that's one of the few offerings that we have is a feeling of belonging as part of a, a monthly donor group. So using the word join, using that kind of framing. Do you tailor it to the issue that they signed a petition for? That's a good question. No. <laughs> um, purely because, again, in terms of simplicity, it gets really, really complicated. And generally what we see is if someone has signed a petition on a specific issue, a specific environmental issue, it's rarely the case that someone, um, you know, really cares about stopping industrial deforestation but couldn't care less about, you know, plastic pollution in the oceans. Like most right. <laughs> people care about a range, broad range of issues and they are willing to, you know, hear out, you know, other, other causes that they should be concerned about, you know, just in the same way that people support multiple causes, multiple charities. Yeah. It's rarely just one type of giving that people do. Right. Generally, the answer is no, just because again, it gets really complicated to segment the file so in such detail. And so we just try and simplify as much as possible. But we do send on a range of different issue, to issue topics so that we try and you know reach people with something that's going to spark the most um, you know, inspiration for them to give. Right. The, the recent donors or, or the, uh, the this year donors. So these are folks who've given, you know, they've made a gift in the last anywhere between the last sort of 30 days to the last year, if I understand you correctly. Mm -hmm. So in the last 12 months, these are folks who've, who've made a gift. How are you framing uh, the monthly conversion for them? Um, is it to help turn their annual gift into a monthly gift or is it to take their commitment to a deeper level or how are you framing that? Yeah, with that group, again, it's really important to acknowledge, I know you've given a, a gift to 
Greenpeace really recently was so grateful and um, you know your your spot is having a real impact um, you know we'll, we'll use uh, wording like you can you can have an even greater impact by giving uh, by joining as a monthly donor or you can take your support to the next level by becoming a monthly donor right. or um, take the next step and join Greenpeace with a you know a fifteen dollar a month donation. You know this kind of wording, just something that acknowledges the fact they've given that they yeah. that's important that they've done that and that it has value and that this is uh, one way that they can you know provide even greater value. Right. Then you've got the the last year's donors they gave in in the last twelve to twenty four months. Um, some charities would call these lapsed donors. All the donors we've talked to, even donors who haven't given in like three years, don't see themselves as lapsed. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that uh, you'd, you'd posted about that. And I thought it was a really interesting point that, yeah, I don't, I don't think about a charity I gave to a few years ago. Is that I'm no longer a donor. I no longer support right. the cause. So it's a good point. Are you reminding them about their past support? Yeah, definitely. We, we remind people of, you know, you, you, you've given a donation, um, last year, or you gave a donation in the past. Um, another thing that we have experimented with, and, um, you might've seen these kinds of emails. I know the, the liberal party does a lot of these where it's kind of a support to record email. So we'll kind of say, here's your record of support for this year. Yeah. You've given, uh, you, you, you're a Greenpeace supporter. You've given this many donations in the past. You haven't given any donations this year. Please renew your support. So just those ways of reminding people uh, using words like renew your support or, you know, that, that kind of messaging that's just reminding people when it was they gave last and that right. that we really need them to give again yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then you've got the consecutive donors. These are amazing folks who've given to you year after year. And mm-hmm. so, like we said, they're, they've got momentum. They're in the habit of giving to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned sometimes you don't want to mess with that too much um, because you've got a good thing going. Um, would you just be like really honest with these folks and be like, hey, you're one of like, you're one of our, like, our most amazing donors. Like you're one of the most loyal sort of givers. Um, Mm -hmm. is that the approach you take? Yeah, absolutely. We really want to make them feel special because they are, we tell them, you know, you are among our most loyal donors. Uh, we, you've given to Greenpeace year after year. We really Mm -hmm. value you, um, and let them know about like the convenience of automatic giving that the support will continue year round if they join as a monthly donor. Uh, that kind of messaging for for this segment is really important to acknowledge that they are so loyal and they have given um, yeah. year after year. And then lastly, you've got lapsed monthly donors. I'm really interested about this one because the reasons for canceling a monthly donation can just vary from, you know, I can't afford it anymore to my priorities have shifted to you know, maybe I had a bad experience or I felt like I wasn't um, updated on the impact of my gift. Or maybe they read some news story, like every charity gets a hit piece every now and again um, on on some some media outlet and then a bunch of 
donors cancel their monthly gift. How do you handle this? Yeah, it's a very good question. And like you say, there are so many different reasons that someone could have canceled that we we can't be very granular about it. Generally, I would say if someone's still on the email list, they're still opening emails and they're still engaging, even after mm. having previously given and then canceled, that it's worth just asking them to rejoin. Um, right. They, you know, it could be that they lapse because their credit card expired and they just, you know, never got around to updating it. Or, you yeah. know, there could be a number of reasons why. So we let them, you know, remind them. You, we know you've given in the past. We, we remind them that that you know we know you care about these issues. We would love to have have you rejoin, reignite your support. So right. yeah, it's yeah, it's a good question about the lap segment, and I probably should go a bit deeper on this one to see what kinds of responses we get. Kind of look at the conversion rate a bit more closely and see. Yeah, just other strategies and ways for dealing with the segment because it is, yeah, it's a pretty unique one and definitely requires a, a careful approach. I mean, you raise such a great point, though, because if they've canceled their monthly gift, but they did not ask to be taken off the list, um, they're still getting your stuff. They're still opening your stuff. That is a great indication that that, that person still cares. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it just wasn't the right time for them to make a monthly gift anymore. But if they did not ask to be taken off the list, you would be making that decision for them to not ask them to rejoin at some point, um, rather than letting them make the decision for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's worth asking because we do see people rejoin all the time through these emails. So right. So why not? So I, I don't know if this applies to monthly conversions, but a lot of the data files we've looked at, the lapsed donors, not monthly donors, just the lapsed donors who reactivate, the ones who have a higher chance of reactivating are the ones who've been on your file for the longest. So the longer somebody has been getting your stuff, the longer somebody has been interacting with you, the higher their likelihood of reactivating as a lapsed donor. Which is um, which is always interesting to me because they haven't given in three years. But if you make a concerted effort to say, hey, I'm just wondering, you know, we haven't heard from you in a while. And just wondering if, if we can, you know, if you're still interested. I'm wondering um, if we can maybe get to know a little bit. Um, how, how, come, um, how come you cancel your monthly donation? Just wondering if, if maybe this is something you might be interested in joining again. We've made some changes. Um, I think it's just a, 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 great, a great strategy that you still include lapsed monthly donors because most people would sort of write that segment off and be like, well, they canceled. They don't, this isn't for them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you say, if they're still if they're still around and they've been around for a while, they're clearly committed to the cause and have a real alignment. And talking about what you've been working on recently and updating them on the latest campaigns is really worth doing, uh, especially yeah, especially as as part of a campaign where you're already reaching out to a lot of people anyway. So why not include them as a segment and give them some special treatment to, to recognize their past giving? 
Yeah. Miriam, this was fantastic. Uh, thanks for sharing your, your insight and, and your success with our listeners. Thank you for being so, so open. Um, we ask every guest on this show, you know, do you just have a word of encouragement um, to fundraisers and marketers who are, are doing the hard work, as you are, uh, of building good in our world day in and day out? Yeah, absolutely. On this topic of, you know, the conversation that we've had today, I would just really encourage you to to try it out and give it a test. I know from uh, the other programs that we run that sometimes you can be spending, you know, up to $300, $350 to acquire a single monthly donor. And then the likelihood to stick around, um, you know, can be as low as 50% in the first year. So with email, it's practically free to, to contact people uh, via email. The retention rate that we see with online monthly donors is over 90%. So it's well worth trying. And even with a smaller email list, like I said earlier, I've done this with a charity with an email list of 2000 people. And yeah, you know, they they weren't acquiring hundreds of monthly donors, but they, you know, for a charity with an annual turnover of 200,000 pounds, acquiring 40 monthly donors with, you know, that's over 5,000 pounds of unrestricted annual income that they can continue to build on and grow year over year. That's incredibly valuable, especially in a charity where you're really reliant on uh, restricted income from foundations and grants it's so valuable to just have a pool, a, a pot that you can call on for, especially during these COVID times when there's so much uncertainty. Having as diversified income as possible is really worth doing. So I would say give it a go. Don't be shy to test it out. And don't also don't be shy to send a bit more email than you might feel comfortable doing because I would say... That, you know, for, for this one thing that we haven't mentioned is, you know, for these monthly giving month campaign pushes, we're sending like 10 emails in the month to, to acquire a thousand monthly donors. Um, it's it, a lot of people would feel really uncomfortable about that, but we see the unsubscribe rate stays consistent across appeals. And the value that we get from, from doing that is, you know, a thousand, a thousand monthly donors, like it's well worth, it's well worth doing. So yeah, I just really encourage people to to give it a go. And oh, and the other thing that I'll mention too is that uh, I've shared this this campaign with other Greenpeace offices, um, not just in Canada, but uh, offices across Europe and the UK, uh, Central and Eastern Europe, East Asia. The East Asia office tried this out. It's work. They've seen amazing results. Sometimes exceeding their initial goals in multiple markets so it's not just like this only worked for Greenpeace Canada in Canada like this can work in um in a number of different contexts and the principles remain the same of sending personal emails from a real human with real urgency a deadline and it's easy to create urgency and a deadline by setting a date by which you want to acquire the monthly donors and the number that you want to acquire. And so be bold, give it a try, and um, hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised with the results. Absolutely. And 
monthly giving pool is a fantastic pipeline for legacy gifts as well. You've got only upside to trying this. So thanks for the encouragement. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And uh, where can people find you? Where can people find Greenpeace Canada if they want to follow along and know a little bit more? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I guess to find me, the easiest way would probably be through LinkedIn, uh, Miriam Wilson. I'm probably not the only one out there but look for the one that works for Greenpeace and uh, yeah and then Greenpeace Canada you can find us across uh, Facebook Instagram and Twitter and yeah uh, I think that's everything alright well thanks Miriam really appreciate it yeah thanks so much again for having me Well, that's all for today. I want to thank you for listening to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast brought to you by buildgood.com. I loved that Miriam's strategy was fairly simple. No more than five segmentations, sending a few emails during the month and making it a mini campaign. Nothing too granular, but very, very effective. Including for brand new donors whose first ask after their first gift was to become a monthly donor. What an amazing way to boost retention rate for first-time givers. So here's your action step coming out of today's episode. At the very least, at the very least, send two emails asking the wonderful humans on your email list to become monthly givers. You can use Miriam's five segments if you want. And just a reminder, that was one, prospects of people who are on email list but haven't made a gift yet. Number two, Recent donors, people who've given in the last 12 months. Number three, last year's donors, so people who gave in the last 12 to 24 months. Number four, consecutive donors who've donated in both previous years. And number five, lapsed monthly donors. So they used to be monthly donors, but for some reason, they canceled their monthly gift. You can narrow it down even more if you want to, but send the email. If you're listening when when this podcast is coming out, it's still early in the year. It's a great time to do it. Don't fret too much about getting it completely right. Remember, done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And I'll tell you, one of our principles at Build Good is that action yields information and inaction doesn't. So if you don't do anything, you're not going to get smarter. You won't learn anything. You won't get any new information. You're just guessing. You just have hypotheses. But if you do something, even if it's not perfect, even if it doesn't work, you will learn something. You can iterate. You can improve. You can draw some conclusions. But you've got to do something. So send an email. As always, thank you for, for hanging out with us around the fundraising campfire. If you're listening to this, you're my kind of people. I'm your kind of people. Thank you for the work you do. I'm your host, Mike Dirksen, cheering you on as you look good in the world. Thank you for listening to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast, powered by buildgood.com. As a company, we help nonprofits build a revenue engine from individual donors with direct response fundraising. And on this podcast, our mission is to help you grow your fundraising and grow your career. So if you find the podcast helpful, please consider rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for being a builder of good.